It's really hard for some people to accept the reality that Donald Trump was right. That if Joe Biden was going to be elected, what would happen was an incredible increase in the price of gasoline. Exactly two years ago, this is what the former president was saying about the price of gasoline in the United States when it was roughly $2 a gallon. Remember that? Remember that? More oil than anybody, okay? And it's uh, an incredible thing that it's happened over the last few years, a lot of great things, and you're paying, what, $2 a gallon for your gasoline? That's okay. You know what that's like? That's like a tax cut. It's bigger than a tax cut. If Biden got in, you'd be paying $7, $8, $9. Didn't they say, get rid of your car? Prices at some local gas stations they're way above the average well across the street from the beverly center one of the most expensive places in la drivers are paying this nearly seven dollars for regular unleaded nearly eight dollars for premium drivers said they were surprised and not in a good way well that's basically what is happening you are seeing it eight dollars a gallon eight dollars a gallon eight dollars a gallon and what does nancy pelosi say to that she basically is saying that well why don't you uber why don't you carpool why don't you buy electric cars tell that to somebody who just got their job back because they locked down the economy for two years in order to gain control and sell masks from the chinese donors oh yeah Tell that to people who billions of dollars were spent on so many loans and grants that were actually sent overseas. Tell that to all the people who are wondering why on earth did you buy so much oil from Russia that they're now able to invade a country in Europe? When a few years ago, Russia was basically just struggling to survive. Who allowed these things to happen? Well, a lot of it was caused directly by the Biden administration. Yes, believe it or not, it's true. A lot of people don't want to admit it. A lot of people just want to say, oh, you know, uh, that that isn't really the, re the reason, you know. Oh, you know, that's not really the problem. They're trying to reduce the demand on Russian oil. <laughs> As the world is dealing with one uh, crazed dictator trying to take over another country, we are now sending an immediate team from the United States to deal with two totalitarian regimes. One is an Islamic extremist regime in Iran, where the United States is trying to buy oil from in exchange for a deal that is going to be brokered by Russia so that we don't have to be dependent on Russian oil we're going to go into a nuclear negotiation with Iran so that Iran can maintain this nuclear program that will be provided by Russia while at the same time we will be buying oil from them to avoid Russian oil. 
mindful of the fact that Russian oil and Iranian oil are basically on different sides of the Caspian Sea and can be pumped either direction without anybody really knowing where it comes from. Yes. Marco Rubio also mentions how we're not content with just dealing with Iran, but hey, we have Mueller to buy oil with now that the price has gone up to 130 a barrel. Guess where? Venezuela. <laughs> yes. A regime that is dedicated to the downfall of the United States and finances critical leftist communist groups in the United States that has financed, along with the Cuban regime, terrorist acts in the United States. Acts of terrorism in the United States. Yes, they do it. <laughs> They're financing extremist leftist groups. And why? Because they want to see the United States break up and be conquered. So we're going to try and make a deal with Venezuela so that we don't have to buy Russian oil because Russia is doing bad things. Even though we're dealing with Russia to be able to handle the problem with Iran and nuclear weapons, even though probably those nuclear weapons could now be sold directly by Russia to Iran because Iran will have money because we're going to be buying Iranian oil as well. Marco Rubio puts it better. Listen, learn, and just try and hold your nose as you go through the entire folly of the situation. Oh, and if you're not content with that, we're also planning to buy more oil from Saudi Arabia. This past weekend, Joe Biden sent to Caracas, Venezuela, a secret delegation to meet with their narco-terrorist dictator, Nicolás Maduro. And they made him an offer. Here was the offer. The offer is, we will lift all sanctions on you if you agree to sell us some oil and you agree to announce some future date for negotiations with the opposition. This is an embarrassing proposal. This is a ridiculous proposal. Number one, Venezuela doesn't produce enough oil because it's run by communists and Marxists and incompetents. They don't produce enough oil to even make a dent. You wouldn't even notice it. If we bought all of their oil, you wouldn't even notice it. It doesn't come anywhere close to replacing Russian oil. And negotiations, Maduro will agree to negotiations all day. He's used them for years to divide the opposition, to make himself look good. It doesn't end with Venezuela. Biden is also, you know, they're just frothing at the mouth. They just can't wait until we cut a deal with Iran so we can buy Iranian oil. So, and then, and then now there's reports today that he's gonna get on an airplane and fly to Saudi Arabia and beg them, please sell us more oil. So I want you to think about this. Joe Biden, okay, is desperate to buy more oil from Saudi Arabia, desperate to buy more oil from Iran, looking for a ridiculous way to buy more oil from Venezuela. We'll buy oil from all those people, but we won't buy it from Americans. We won't produce our own oil. That's ridiculous. And that's the place we're in right now, with stupid people making decisions. This is a stupid decision. We're trying to reduce the demand on Russian oil by running over to Saudi Arabia and asking the Saudis to help us. Yeah, these are the same people who, the last time somebody ran over to the Saudi embassy and went in and made demands on them, uh, they wound up... Uh, basically chopped up. Remember that guy, Khashoggi? Well, that is what is happening now. There is a major problem going on. You know, Zelensky, the uh, Russian leader, 
uh, rather the, the Ukrainian leader, um, has come forward and basically sat down at his desk in his office in Kiev and said exactly where he is, posting a video online from the president's desks in his office. My goodness, Joe Biden faked the White House. <laughs> you know. And it is just going crazy with all this stuff. Another thing that's going crazy, of course, is the level of censorship, not just in politics, not just in social media, but in actual media. A lot of what is happening, a lot of what we take up, a lot of what we're doing, it's just not allowed to be listened to. More and more, we are seeing across these United States actions from different members of Congress as they speak out and ask and beg and plead, do anything they can to deal with the growing situation of price of fuel and energy. Of course, many people just don't want to talk about it just don't want to deal with it. But in the great state of California, or the once great state of California, I did go to school in California. Went to high school there. And went to elementary school as well. I actually grew up uh, in that region of the United States. And uh, there's a lot of things happening there that some people say shouldn't be happening anywhere, like extreme taxation, extreme genderfication, and gender fixation, when in fact you're not supposed to be talking about those things, because either of it is considered discrimination, as they say. But some in California are trying to speak their mind on the floor of the U.S. Congress, such as Doug LaMalfa, who is a congressman from California, a Republican, a rare and endangered species, some say, because it's difficult to be a Republican in California, where basically they've been zoned out of office for years now. Even though, ironically, both presidents that have come from the state of California have been Republicans. Interesting, isn't that? Well, here's Doug LaMalfa as he talks about the situation with energy prices across these United States. I'm Michael New York. This is the gentleman from California. Seek recognition. Well, you now consent to address the House one minute and revise its Senate remarks. Without objection. Thank you, Madam Speaker. Today, the national average for a gallon of gas is a little over $4, $4.06 to be exact nationally. Meanwhile, in my home state of California, the average gas price per gallon all across our state is $5.34. The first time ever, the average gas price per gallon is over $5 in every single California county. Now, I know California brings a lot of pain upon itself, self-inflicted, but I've seen a lot of the mainstream media try to claim that these price increases are due to Russia's attack on Ukraine, not the Biden administration's anti-energy agenda. 
If that were true, how has our gas price per gallon increased by $1.60 from over the full last year, over the last year, not just the last two weeks of the Ukraine conflict? Since taking office, the Biden administration has frozen all new oil and gas projects on federal lands and implemented extreme financial barriers on domestic oil and gas production. On day one, of course, we all know we killed the Keystone Pipeline, which could be supplying 830,000 barrels of oil from Canada to U.S. refineries, more than what Russia imports to us. This first week, we had executive order stopping on our federal lands. So we need to replace Russian energy with our own production. I yield back. For what purpose? There are problems in these United States, ladies and gentlemen. And the problems are, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those in and around in between, that it doesn't matter who or what you think you are. There are enemies out there who just want to destroy the USA. And people don't get it. People don't not get it. They don't understand. They don't completely understand. They can't believe that the situation is this bad, but they allowed it to happen. They allowed it to happen. Let's talk censorship, first of all. What has censorship Senator brought? Senator from Iowa. Here's the Iowa censors. Uh, don't want to hear from so as we listen to Chuck Grassley there, let's go back and think about the ghastly status of gas in these United States. One member of Congress had something to say about it. From Tennessee, seek recognition. I seek unanimous consent to address the House for one minute and to revise and extend my remarks. Without objection. Madam Speaker, this past weekend on my way to a military medal... This is uh, Representative John Rose of Tennessee. Presentation in Crossville, Tennessee. I stopped to fill my SUV with gas. Like many Americans, I was shocked to have to pay nearly $4 a gallon for, ga for gasoline. Putin's invasion of U Ukraine has no doubt made this situation worse. But our skyrocketing gas prices are primarily due <coughs> to President Biden's reversal of President Trump's highly successful energy policies that had oil and gas production high, gas pump prices low, had created hundreds of thousands of new energy jobs, and had created an energy-independent United States for the first time in decades. Instead of admitting this mistake, ending the freeze on new oil and gas projects, and stopping the regulatory assault on new energy projects in the United States, the Biden administration has reportedly been secretly meeting with Venezuela and its corrupt authoritarian regime to discuss the possible lifting of sanction, sanctions against importing Venezuelan oil. We currently purchase more than half a million barrels of oil a day from Russia, which needs to stop immediately. Instead of replacing Russian oil with equally- The gentleman's time has expired. Oil, why not create those jobs here in America? Thank you, and I yield back. For what purpose is a gentleman- so, I'm now joined by Douglas Murray, best-selling author. And I've spoken on the floor of the, of the uh, United States Senate recently, and to some extent a few times last year. The issue of 
freedom of speech in our colleges. In recent years, I've tried to highlight some of the most ridiculous impositions on freedom of speech in college. But so many of these cases get swept under the rug. It can be hard to get an idea of whether typical students feel free to speak their minds in the university environment. So last spring, the Iowa legislature passed a bill strengthening free speech across our state's education system. In part, this bill was meant to find out how big a problem restraint of free expression is at our state's public universities. Last month, that led to, to the results of a survey of 17,000 students in Iowa's public universities. The results raise serious concern. Now get this, less than half of the employees thought that their university allowed them to say what they believe. A third of the students thought that their institution quote unquote hindered free speech. A quarter of the students didn't even think that their campus provided an, quote, environment for free and open expression of ideas, end of quote. A university that can't meet that basic bar is missing the whole purpose of a college or university. You've heard me say my definition of a university is where Controversy ought to run rampant. Thankfully, the bill that passed the Iowa legislature takes action to solve, to solve the issue that I just described. This semester, students across the state have begun taking a course to instill in them the value of free speech. The goal is to ensure as students and faculty understand the value of the First Amendment, freedom of speech. The course emphasizes respect for the other's speech and its impact both in and out of the classroom. I'm hopeful that this will start to steer us in the right direction. Not only my state of Iowa, I hope it has some impact across the country because letting students speak their minds is central to the idea of a liberal arts education. But the default has increasingly become to censor at the drop of a hat, only allowing free speech if administrators find blowback. Just look to a case last month here in Washington, D.C. At George Washington University, a student put up posters criticizing having the Olympics in China given the repressive regime there. And we know about that rep repressive regime because we talk about it quite often as the Chinese communists deny freedom of religion and other freedoms to the Uyghur minority. 
these per these uh, posters at George Washington University were well done and well within the mainstream discussion. They speak to the concerns that I had myself about what goes on in China. But the university immediately responded by tearing them down and saying the posters were racist. They only reversed themselves when it came out that the artist, the artist self, I better say himself or herself, was Chinese and that the concerns were far from unique. I find it hard to believe the university's namesake would approve of this approach. 